Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning to all of you watching online, whether you're watching online this morning or another morning or an afternoon. It's kind of the joy of it, I suppose, isn't it? And um, it's good to see you. Good to see you, everybody here. Okay, Siri, be quiet. I know I'm dumb. No, that's not what I meant to say, Siri. Okay. So good to have, uh, just good to see you all today. It's so good to be together, to worship God and to enjoy and experience His kingdom together. What an incredible time of worship. I just, I love Jesus. Isn't it so good just to sing His name and to declare His majesty and to declare His goodness and worship with all of heaven? Because you know, there's worship going on 24 seven in heaven. We're joining with all of heaven when we worship, when we're singing out Jesus. In fact, some of the songs we were singing come right out of Revelation chapter five, you know, where John, the, uh, the apostle John, he's been taken up into this heavenly vision. He's on an island in Patmos. He's been taken up into this heavenly vision. And, and, it, and there's this moment where he sees the King of Kings, the Ancient of Days, the, the Glorious One, the God, God Himself, He's seated on His throne and there's these four living creatures that are around the throne crying out, holy, 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 holy is the Lamb. And they're all singing, um, you are worthy, um, well they're singing, holy Lord God Almighty. And then they're singing, you know, heaven and earth uh, are full of your glory. And then there's this moment where he sees a scroll in, his, in, the, in God's hand and the scroll represents the purposes of God throughout history. And the scroll is sealed with seals and, and, the, and the voice goes out and says, you know, is there anybody found worthy? And there's nobody found worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals. And it says, John started to weep. Knowing that there was meant to be part of you know, someone on earth that was meant to take God's purpose and God's plan and put it into effect upon the earth. And one of the elders, I love this, one of the elders says to him, do not weep, behold. Do not weep, behold. What are you beholding this morning? What are you beholding on Monday morning? What are you beholding in your lives as you see the circumstances and the situations of your lives going on around you, as you see uh, the turmoil and chaos that could be going on around us? Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've um, been in underemployment. Maybe you've got some family or some you know, uh, relational issues or some difficulties. Maybe you're concerned about the economy, the politics, whatever it might be. Maybe you've got some challenges at work with relationships. Maybe there's a, a number of things that you can feel Ah, is the purpose of God really gonna be fulfilled in my life? I want us to listen to the elders this morning to say, weep no more, behold, behold. Who are we beholding? We're beholding the lion of the tribe of Judah, the glorious King Jesus, the one who has overcome. He's overcome all things. He's far above, the Bible says, all principality and power and ruler and dominion, which means he's far above the devil himself and all the devil's minions. He's far above all principalities. He's far above all human rulership. He's far above all presidents. He's far above all kings. He's far above all prime ministers. He's far above all politics. He's far above all economics. He's far above all society. He's far above all things. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah and he's the one that has what? Overcome. And he says to us, take heart. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Take heart. Speak to your heart right now and say, heart, take heart. Take heart. 
I have overcome Jesus. Jesus has overcome. He's the King who's overcome. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah who has overcome. And then John it says, John looks and he sees, and he sees a lamb that was slain. And you think, huh? How can a lamb that was slain be the one that's overcome? But he's overcome by his, self, his uh, releasing of his own life, giving himself off, up to death even death upon the cross, that we could enter into the glorious salvation, not just the glorious salvation, but the glorious kingdom of God. So we're now in an unshakable, unmovable, glorious and powerful kingdom ruled by the King of all the universe, who's never going to um, be taken off His throne because He's been given the throne by the eternal King, the God of all creation, the creator of all things, the upholder and sustainer of the universe. <laughs> so come on, take heart. Take heart for the kingdom is here. You've, we have received an unshakable, unmovable, glorious kingdom. It's sometimes hard for us to connect to the kingdom, the reality of the kingdom, because we don't live in a society where there's a king. We live in a democracy where there's, you know, um, the, the, there's a, an election where it's in the balance. We're not quite sure. You know, we, we cast our vote. Other people cast their votes. We're not sure, quite sure what's going to happen. We're not sure if our person's going to win or not, whoever that person is, and I'm not advocating one political party over another. But we, we're in that, in that place of a democracy where it's hard to understand where there's a kingdom, where the king decides everything that is going to happen. Where there is no rule outside of that king. Where there is no decision, there's no, there's no voting, there's no sense of, oh, are we going to make it or not? Is, is our guy going to win through or not? It's the, balance, it's the balance of power sufficient in heaven where there's enough people in heaven or enough people on earth that are kind of praying and making something happen. And, and don't get me wrong, praying is good. And, and we'll, you know, we'll come back to that. But it's not like we're in the balance where we're thinking, oh, Jesus, I hope you win. I hope you can break through. I'm rooting for you. I've got a bumper sticker that says Jesus 2020. I really hope it's gonna happen. No, we live in an unshakable kingdom. The king has already been established upon his throne. Behold, Psalm 2 says this, it says, why do the nations scoff and the peoples wanna throw off the, 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 the controls or the restrictions of God? God scoffs, he laughs, he says, I have installed my king upon my holy hill, now deal with it. Right? He has the nations as inheritance. He has the ends of the world as His possession. Now, this is not to say we live in triumph and everything that we do. And, you know, Jesus said we have trouble. In this world, we'll have trouble. But listen, take heart. I have overcome. And we're in an unshakable kingdom. I love that picture in Daniel where Daniel sees a, a, a rock that's been hewn out of the earth and that rock grows and it grows and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it fills the whole earth, representing the kingdom of God, the power and the glory of God. Oh, so good. We're in this unshakable kingdom. And uh, you know, I've just really been feeling the Holy Spirit speaking to me, speaking to us about the glory of the kingdom, the unshakable kingdom that we're part of. You know, in this, if we look at the beginning of the New Testament, we see John the Baptist, John shows up. 
He's been prophesied. He's, he's the Elijah that goes before Jesus. He's the one who's heralding the way. And he, he comes and his, his message is this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John comes preaching, the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is coming. Repent, be, get ready, take a moment to, be, to get ready that the kingdom is come. And then it says in Luke that he, he preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. It, people are lining up in, in, under the John the Baptist ministry. They're lining up to, to repent, to confess, to say, what shall we do to be saved? To, to, have that, to be washed in the Jordan, to have their sins forgiven and sins cleansed. It's where most of us, if we're not, you know, most of the church, certainly of the last few decades, the millennia, uh, have been this. We've been in the place of the gospel, of the repentance and for, for the forgiveness of sins. And that's a great starting point. We need to have our sins forgiven. We need to have the holy, the, the blood of Jesus cleanse us and wash us free. Jesus, part of His mission was to come, that we, that, to shed His blood, that we could have all of our sin taken care of, all of our sin washed clean. We are now holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight, according to Colossians chapter one. Take a moment just to say over yourself, if you know Jesus, my sins are forgiven. I am holy, I am blameless and I, have a, I am above reproach in His sight. I'm just, you're just declaring Scripture over yourself. It's the power of the Word of God. And He comes preaching this baptism of repentance and they're all expectant and they're all waiting. Is this the moment? But then He says, no, 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 there's one coming who's not just gonna talk about forgiveness of sins. He's not just gonna baptize you in water, but He's gonna baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit, Matthew chapter three, Holy Spirit, John says, is gonna baptize you with the, the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus is gonna come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so there's this message and, and everyone's beginning to get some expectation. Oh, the kingdom is coming. And then Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up upon the, upon the earth. He, he, uh, he's been around for 30 years already, but He comes into His ministry. He comes to John. He's baptised in, in, the, in the River Jordan, identifying with you and I and our sin, even though He was perfect. And He comes and the Holy Spirit falls upon Him. You know, John didn't see He's gonna come and baptise. John thought He's gonna come and baptise us, but first Jesus Himself being baptised in the power and the love of the Holy Spirit. He gets sent out into the wilderness and then He comes with this message. John, Matthew chapter four, verse 12. He comes preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John saying the kingdom is at hand. Jesus saying the kingdom is at hand. What were John and Jesus preaching? They're preaching this, that the, the kingdom is coming. What's the kingdom? The kingdom is the rule and the realm, uh, sorry, it's the realm of the rule and the reign of the king. God's sovereign rule, God's sovereign power, God's sovereign authority over everything that He has made. And He has made everything but Himself because He's the eternal pre-existent one. No beginning and no end. You know that the devil is has been created, the earth has been created. There's even parts of heaven that have been created. Don't know how that kind of works but knowing that He's the only existent one, the only one from everlasting to everlasting, there must have been a moment where there are certain things that we see now that weren't there in place. 
And he's the ruler, as I said, he's the ruler over all principalities and powers, ruler and authority, presidents and politicians, all of, all of creation. And so what's John and Jesus coming to preach? They're coming to preach, not just return and be, you know, re- repent, because repentance is just means to turn, not just re- repent and have your sins forgiven. They're saying, no, there's a new, there's a king coming. The king is here. The rule and reign of God is upon us. Everything is now different. Everything is now shifting. Everything is now changing because we're no longer under the power of the enemy. The King is coming to rescue us, to redeem humanity, to take humanity out from under the power of the prince of this air, which is what the Bible says, calls the devil. Take them out of that, take us who believe out of that place into the kingdom, which is an unshakable kingdom, far above all principalities and powers. And the appropriate response that Jesus is saying is this, if the kingdom is coming, change your mindset. Shift from a gospel of salvation for repentance. Shift out of a, I just need to go to heaven. Shift out of what can I do to get into heaven. Shift into this place where the kingdom is upon us and the kingdom is within us and the kingdom is all around us. He comes and in a number of places, Jesus says this, He says, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within. What a great revelation that on the cross, we've just been celebrating this as we've taken communion, that on the cross, the kingdom, which actually the, the king himself, first off with every kingdom is a king, the king is Jesus. The Bible says he's ruling and reigning over all things. He's gonna put everything under his feet. The last enemy that's gonna come under his feet is gonna be death. And then he's gonna hand the kingdom over to his God and Father, who is gonna be all in all and through all and over all. Jesus is reigning all things and ultimately even death itself is gonna come under. He is the King. The Father in heaven has delegated His authority to Jesus upon the earth. Jesus, when He came upon the earth, He came preaching with power and authority as one with authority. In fact, the, the people of Israel who were listening to Him, they were marveling at Him because he, they said of Him, wow, He teaches as one who has authority because He's come as the King conferred upon the, with the power of heaven, the love of heaven, the authority of heaven, that being conferred upon Him, Jesus comes as the King of all. Jesus comes as the majestic one. He's set under authority. There's this great story in, uh, uh, in uh, Luke chapter seven. Um, and in Luke 7, there's a centurion who is uh, in Capernaum. And this centurion, he's done a lot for the Jewish community. He's obviously a wealthy man. He's a person of influence and power because he's actually, it says that he's built, he built the Jewish people, their synagogue in Capernaum. And so he's, he's a man of authority and his servant is sick. And so he says to Jesus, hey, he sends some servants and says, come, can you go and get that guy, Jesus? Let him come to my house and pray for this servant because I recognize there's something on him. So Jesus is going there. And as he's going towards that, that, uh, that place, the, 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 the centurion has a change of heart and he sends another servant and he says, hey, listen, don't come. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but say the word. I reckon, he says this, I too am a man under, set under authority. I say to this one, go and he goes. I say to this one, come and he comes. I say to this one, stay and he stays. I too am under authority. So Jesus, say the word and my servant would be healed. And Jesus is, just marvels at this guy's faith. 
but there's, it's so instructive for us about who Jesus is. This guy has this centurion, has this revelation, take a soldier to understand authority. And he has this revelation that Jesus must be, because he's coming in power and authority, not just speaking, but now declaring and demonstrating the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God isn't just about, a, it's just not just word, but it's deed, it's power. It's people getting saved, it's people getting healed, it's people getting set free, it's people getting coming out of the power of the demonic, it's the dead raising, it's the lame walking, it's the blind eyes seeing, it's the deaf ears opening. That's the kingdom that Jesus came to bring because he's the king over all. He comes with the power and authority, but the, the centurion, he recognises Jesus is a man set under authority because he recognises himself. My authority as a centurion comes from my position within the Roman army. And so the power that I have comes because of my yieldedness and my submission to the authority that's above me. And Jesus comes as a king the centurion recognises that he's been set under authority. What Jesus, and Jesus comes to say, I'm only doing what I see my Father doing. In other words, he's recognising the authority of the Father. He's been set under that authority. And as the King, he's operating under the authority of heaven and he's bringing heaven to earth wherever he's going. He's set under authority, but it's not just enough to be set under authority. It's actually important to exercise that authority. Because the centurion says this, I say, not I do, not I force, not I twist arm, but I say to my servant, go. What's he doing there? He's exercising authority. And he's saying, come, and he's exercising authority. And he's saying, stay, he's exercising authority. He's set under authority, but he's also exercising that authority. And Jesus came under the authority of heaven, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with the love of God, filled with the authority of heaven, carrying that mantle from heaven and actually then exercising that authority. The authority being the right to rule. You have to have the right to rule. For us here in this country, the Constitution is our highest authority in this land, right? Everything that happens gets measured up by the Constitution. Does it, is it constitutional or not? Does it line up with the original intent of what was, what was set up in the foundation of this country? Every, that, that's the, in a sense, that's the ultimate, it's the highest document of power and authority that is in this country. You know that heaven has a Constitution. The Constitution of heaven is the will of the Father. It's what God wants to do. It's what God wants to see happen. It's God's perspective, God's purpose, God's mandate, God's will. It's what God is going to do. That's His will. That is the constitution of heaven. Jesus comes under that authority, under the constitution of heaven, doing what the Father wants Him to do, only doing what He sees the Father doing, only saying what He says the Father says. He's under that authority, but in that place of authority, He exercises that rule and He exercises that power. And what is that? It's whatever's in heaven is happening on earth. So Jesus comes to this place, into this world that's full of religion. It's full of politics. It's a political spirit that's rampant through the Pharisees that are there. There's uh, religious spirits through the Pharisees and through the, uh, you know, there's a political spirit, again, not just through the Pharisees, but through the uh, Roman Empire. They come not just, so he comes into this world where there are, um, very obvious religious and political spirits, or not, sorry, not spirits, people at work, but behind those 
are the spirits that are at work, the principalities and powers that are at work through those people, through those human actors to keep people in bondage towards a religious and a political spirit among many other things. And Jesus comes into that environment preaching a different kingdom, preaching a new kingdom, and He's releasing what what is in heaven, He's releasing it upon the earth. And I I love this summary that that we see of Jesus in Matthew chapter four. In verse 23, this is the message of Jesus. This is the ministry of Jesus, just so beautifully summed up. And he went in uh, Matthew chapter four, verse 23, and he went through all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Let's say together, healing every disease, healing every affliction. Where? Among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Notice Jesus, what he's doing. He's declaring and he's preaching this. He's preaching the kingdom coming, the kingdom here, The kingdom of God is here. It says he's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, but he's not just proclaiming that gospel. He's actually demonstrating that good news. He's demonstrating his victory over sickness. He's demonstrating his victory over sin and over the devil. He's demonstrating that for all time. And so what's happening? Jesus comes to bring heaven to earth. He comes with the love that's in heaven, the compassion that's in heaven, the mercy that's in heaven, which is really the mercy of God, the love of God, the compassion of God. He comes to manifest that onto the earth. And we know this, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no death in heaven. There's no mental illness in heaven. There's no demonic oppression in heaven. There's no demon that can, could stand against Jesus. There's not, not even Satan himself could stand. There's no sickness that could endure. Death couldn't even maintain its authority because Jesus could even raise people from the dead. He came as a man under authority, under the authority of heaven, fulfilling the will of the Father to demonstrate that, that power and authority not just to bring us into a place of salvation so that we can go to heaven, but actually to, to shift all of uh, the perspective of humanity where we were created once for glory, we'd lost that glory, we'd given away our authority to the enemy, to, to the devil who was then called the prince of the power of this air. He's still at work in the world, but when we come into uh, salvation with Jesus, we come into a whole new kingdom where we have a different perspective and we live and we reign upon the earth. This is Jesus' key message. I'm hoping this is gonna turn into a sermon series. We'll see how we go. But Jesus' key message was this, it was good news of the kingdom. Not just the good news of repentance and forgiveness of sins, but repentance is the doorway to access. Jesus is the doorway into that kingdom. The kingdom is called the kingdom of the beloved, but it's the good news of the kingdom is this, that heaven is breaking in upon the earth right now. I think it's good news. There's even better news. It's not just that Jesus somewhere off in the ether is um, doing a whole bunch of things um, irrespective of what is, is in us or with us. He's actually given us the privilege and the partnership 
the privilege of partnering with him to bring the kingdom and to extend the kingdom. Because Jesus said this, he said, the kingdom of God is within you. And we've, we've celebrated it this morning. The thing about communion, what we're celebrating, isn't just that Jesus has forgiven of us of our sins, that we now have a new nature that's gonna take us into heaven. What we're celebrating is that what Jesus has done for us is he's brought heaven into us, that we've become a new, new creation, a new nature, and we're now out of one dominion, out of darkness, coming into light out of this place of, uh, of servitude to the devil into this place of freedom in the Holy Spirit, out of this place of being, uh, of being bound in sin and unable to do what we wanna do into this place of, of righteousness and power, out of this place of slavery into this place of authority and kingship. And so Luke chapter one, sorry, Luke chapter nine, verse one, it says this, that he calls his disciples together and he gives them what? power and authority to heal every, every disease and to cast out every demon. And he sends them out to proclaim. What does he send them out to proclaim? Not the gospel of salvation, the gospel of the kingdom, the rule and the reign of heaven. Luke chapter 10, verse one, Jesus sends out 72 people. 72, um, to me, 70 or 72, for me, that represents the gospel going out into all the world because at the end of um, the flood after Noah in, Reve in um, Genesis chapter six, I believe, or seven, there's a list of the nations that come out of Noah and there's 70 or 72 nations that are there. He's very deliberately saying, okay, I'm sending you out two by two to preach the good news of the kingdom. 72 of you, because I'm expecting the kingdom of God to go all around the world and touch every single nation, every single people group every single um, tribe and tongue. And, he, and in Luke chapter 10, as they come back and they give the report of how, of how they were seeing all manner of amazing things because he gave them the power and authority to, 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 give, uh, you know, to heal the sick. As they come out of that and they're all excited and, 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 and super, supercharged, Jesus says this in Luke 10 verse 19, I have given you authority to tread on scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. Then he goes on to say, but don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your, your names are written in the book of life. Here's the thing I think sometimes, we rejoice that our names are written in the book of life, but we forget that we've got power and authority. Jesus is saying to the disciples, don't get too caught up in your power and authority. Rejoice in the fact that your name is in the book of life. But for us, he's saying, hey guys, don't, don't, don't forget. Yes, your name is in the book of life and we love that. And you've got that down, but look, you're in power and authority. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says he's about to go up to heaven. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. Ephesians 2, 6, Paul says this, that we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. We need to understand, God help us, help us day, day to day to understand that we've come out of not just uh, we're not just been saved out of something, not just saved out of darkness, but we've been saved into a kingdom and we've been established in that power and authority. We need to understand, God give us eyes to see our place in the kingdom and our heavenly rank. Do you know that you have a heavenly rank? What is your heavenly rank? You know, we can think we've got the natural world, 
We can say, and we know from the Bible that there's outside, well, in the natural world, we can think of priorities and, and, and uh, authority structures. You know, in our nation, we've got the president, we've got the legislative, um, you know, the, the Senate and the, um, the Congress, and then we've got the judicial. We've got those higher authorities. We've got state government. We've got uh, bosses. We've got all manner of places of authority and structure, wherever you might fit in that. That is not your limitation. That is not who you are in the kingdom. Outside of the natural realm, we know from the Bible that there are rulers and principalities and powers and darkness and dark forces and, uh, and uh, you know, architects of, of, uh, of, um, of the demonic. But if we're seated with Christ and Christ is over all of those things, your and my heavenly rank is Christ. Well, that went down well. Jesus comes to preach the kingdom, to release the kingdom, to bring heaven to earth, to bring us into heaven, not just when we die, but for now, it, when we say yes to him, we get a new nature. We're getting transformed from one degree of glory to another, which means in the moment that we receive Christ, we get glory and we're just getting transformed into that. But our heavenly rank, our position, John, uh, Paul says that we're hidden with Christ in God, that we're seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, that our authority and our power is in Christ Jesus. And therefore we are not under the principalities and powers, we are in Christ Jesus over the principalities and powers. That we have our heavenly rank and the Holy Spirit has come, not just to make us feel better, not just to help us to live a nicer life, not just to help us be kinder to our husbands or our wives, Lives, not just to help us to be a better parent, although he does all of those things because he fills us with his fruit, which is righteousness, peace and joy and all of those other things. But he's come as the agent, as the power of the, of the kingdom of God to empower us to do the works of the kingdom. Holy Spirit is upon me, Jesus said, because he has anointed me to preach good news, to heal the sick, to give recovery of sight to the blind, to set those that are captives free. It's the same Holy Spirit carrying the power and authority of heaven that has been released to us. Jesus has stripped, the Bible says, He's stripped the principalities and powers of their authority. Our job is to remember who we are in the kingdom and to see those principalities and powers that have had their power stripped by God to see them displaced. Because they're still in operation. They're in operation in people's mindsets. They're in operation, um, it's actually primarily the way that this, those demonic things work. They, they operate within the mindsets of people that are in positions of power. And they operate in mindsets of individuals and they operate in even our mindsets. But Jesus has come to bring us out of that kingdom, to bring us out of darkness, to, to, to enable us, having stripped them of their power, to enable us to displace them and to see the kingdom of God grow and expand and fill all of the earth. Are you standing in your authority? We're gonna spend, uh, uh, yeah, we are. We're gonna spend a few weeks on this. I just feel that it's so important that we understand our our. our um, our authority, the power, the love, the authority that we carry. It's so important to understand how we take dominion and authority over our own thought life. It's so important to understand how we access the creativity of heaven, how we're on a mission with God, 
How are we called to preach not just the gospel of salvation, but the gospel of the kingdom, to bring the good news of the kingdom, to take authority over the atmosphere in our homes, in our workplaces, in our cities. Cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, give recovery of sight to the blind. And we might think, well, that's all, that's all good. We know it's there in the Bible, but we're not seeing the reality of it yet. And I agree with you, and I'm pretty annoyed by that. I'm provoked by that. I'm provoked by the lack of power that we have within the church. I'm provoked by the fact that we pray for the sick and nothing happens. The issue is not on their end. The issue is not on the Father's end. The issue, I believe, is for us just to continue to step out in faith and believe God and, and get a revelation of the kingdom and the power and the authority of heaven and begin to call heaven to earth and see things shift. In our homes, if you're having turmoil in your home, start to take authority over the demonic realm, over the, over the turmoil in your home. Start to take authority over your own spirit and, and or sorry, your own soul and actually speak peace into your atmosphere. Speak the joy of God into the atmosphere. Speak the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of God is now. It's within, it's all around us. If you're having some difficulties at work or you just, you know, you've got a, a challenging boss or maybe there's, um, you've got some challenges with uh, contracts or you've got, you know, you're, you're, you can see the business going downhill, you know, start to speak with your authority. Either speak into the situations where there's any difficulty, uh, speak into lack, start to prophesy and declare the truth of the kingdom, that we live in a kingdom that is not shakable, that is a, in, in, in a, comes with a different power and a different paradigm and a different authority and start to speak in your authority into the glory, uh, in, into that place, into your workplace and see God shift things. It's our responsibility too to take authority over the spiritual atmosphere in our cities. And I think the Lord's, you know, honestly, I don't think we did a really super great job over the last little while. Not always, there's been quite a bit of turmoil, particularly in some of our cities. But I feel like the Lord's invitation is to teach us to learn how to steward that atmosphere in our cities and to take authority over those airwaves and to displace the demonic realm. To preach the good news of the kingdom. To preach, to displace darkness in the realm of thought by winning people to Jesus. To dis disciple people into a kingdom mind mandate and kingdom perspective. If you change your mindset, you change your, start changing um, processes, you start changing culture. You start changing culture, you start changing a city. You start changing cities, you start changing cities. You change cities, you change a nation. That's right, and start right here with us, Lord. The Lord's given us power and authority. He's given us power to release the angels. Apparently there's a lot of angels that are unemployed at the moment, waiting for kingdom-minded people to release them. There's a prophetic word that um, we had, I think from Jeff Jansen about the Lord, who's a, a prophet, I believe out of Florida, who's oh, somewhere anyway, he's somewhere in the South. And he prophesied this. He said that there was uh, five angels, great grace, great um, the wisdom, breakthrough, revival, um, harvest, breakthrough harvest and winds of change. We've had uh, our own people here seeing like harvest angels around us. We've seen, we've, talk, you know, we've had somebody sharing to us uh, as a team about angels of generosity that the Lord has been assigned to us. Those angels 
There's angels of worship, there's angels of provision, there's angels of protection. There are angels that God has, has, uh, has made his ministers and he's given us because we're in Christ Jesus, that power and authority to release the angels. And so we can make declarations like harvest angel, we release you. Bring about harvest. Now we're not, you know, then when we step into the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit and, and co-rule and co-reign with Jesus and co-work with the angels. I want you to take a stand if you would, please. I've... I said, take a stand. I meant to say stand, but I think there's something prophetic in that. Take a stand. Take a stand in your place in the kingdom. You can say, well, I don't feel like I've got much power and authority. The issue is an issue of faith. Where do you fit within the heavenly structure? Where, where are you set under authority? If you see yourself as having no authority, you're not gonna exercise that authority. If we begin to see the mindset shift that we realize that we have the power and the authority of heaven, we're gonna to start to exercise that authority. We're gonna to start to step out in belief and in faith and God is going to move on our behalf. Let's make a declaration together. The kingdom of God is here. When Jesus sent out the 72 and the 12, when they, they, He said to them, when you leave a town, if they don't agree with you, just say to them anyway, the kingdom of God has been, is, is, is drawn near to you. Why? Because where they went, the kingdom went. Where you go, the kingdom goes. So let's make another declaration. The kingdom of God is within me. I am one with Christ. I am seated in the heavenly realms. I carry His power and authority. I'm filled with the love of heaven. Let's make a declaration of a shift, a shift in our cities of the kingdom of God breaking in, in ways that we haven't ever seen before in our lifetime of signs and wonders and miracles. We read about, I mean, I, you don't have to go very far back in history, even to the 1940s to read of people uh, like William Branham that move in great signs and wonders, healing the sick, raising the dead. People who are about to die of cancer coming back out because they have an understanding of the power and the authority of heaven and they're operating in the kingdom. It's 50 years ago, come on church. We can tell of stories around the world, but we don't have enough of our own stories. It says of the, the disciples, they say of themselves, we were eyewitnesses of His glory. How many of you wanna be an eyewitness of His glory? It's just signs and wonders and miracles, people getting saved, the kingdom breaking in, the kingdom advancing. So I want you to make another declaration. Here I am, Lord, send me. Send me out as a laborer in the harvest field. It's your harvest, send me out, Lord. 
Thank you for your power and authority. Teach me. It's the thing, I don't just wanna have a kingdom theology where we can talk about it. I wanna be a kingdom practitioner. You wanna be a kingdom practitioner? A practitioner is one who practices. Jesus said, don't just hear my words, but do them. Revelation flow right now. Let the revelation flow of the unshakable kingdom and our position in it. If you're with somebody, I want you just to turn to them and let them know you're dangerous. You're filled with power and authority. You carry the kingdom. You carry the power. You carry the glory. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. Now ask them if they need anything. What do you need in your life? What are you looking for in this moment? What do you need? Because whatever you need is in the kingdom. It's in the glory realm. It's in the Spirit. What do you need? Ask them what do they need? And if they need something, don't pray them in, just start to declare it. Start to use your authority to make a declaration of the Spirit moving and working upon their behalf. We declare jobs for those that need jobs. We declare full-time employment for those that need employment. We declare healing for those that need healing. We declare uh, freedom and deliverance for those that need delivering. We declare the Kingdom of God upon us, breaking out in us in ways that we've not yet experienced before. 